Hey everyone, welcome to MS Nonetheless. I'm Rachel. And I'm Melissa, and we are sisters. just about to start so i've been sniffly i don't really have a cold but i've been a little sniffly which happens sometimes when it starts getting cold outside and as we're about to hit record rachel's like don't sniff so much this time and then i was like now all i have to do is sniff (laughs) and i started laughing (laughs) i had to edit out like 30 to 50 of her sniffs last time and they're just these tiny little things (laughs) i was like okay try not to sniff so much (laughs) so welcome I'll just do one big one. There we go. (laughs) My goodness. That is so funny. (laughs) Well, we are just a couple weeks from Christmas at the recording or release of this. My daughter, Amber, is married. I am certain we had a fabulous time. (laughs) But we are recording it before before her wedding. So So now we're just in anticipation as we're recording. We're just so excited. Exactly. Exactly. And we are one week from Melissa's birthday. That's right. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it's hard to be excited about it when it really isn't one week away. <laughs> yes. Also, it's hard to be excited about it when there's a wedding coming up. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, all right. So today we are talking about fear in relationships. Uh, and Melissa and I were like chatting a little bit about this. And we, of course, naturally come at this like completely differently <laughs> because she's like, I don't really think I struggle with that in relationships. I'm like, obviously, because I struggle with it all the time. (laughs) Whatever we struggle with, it's the opposite. Uh So I'm not talking about legitimately being afraid of somebody. If you are living with somebody that you are literally afraid of. Help now. um, Leave now. Get out now. Exactly. That is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about you living in fear of someone name calling you or throwing things at you or demeaning you. That is not okay. And please reach out if that is you. Mm -hmm. And you need any sort of guidance. Yeah. We are talking about just the regular kind of like fear and I will say even intimidation that just lives in relationships and the damage that it can do. And I will go so as, as far to, as to say, oh my gosh, I will go as far as to say. Is that the right way to say that? I think. Keep going and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that it destroys relationships. I'll go it as unravels. far to say. Is that what you said? I'll go as far to no, say. No, I said I'll go as far as to oh, say. Oh, yeah, you added an as. I don't think you need I think you just say I'll go as far to say. I don't even know now. You guys tell us. No, I don't th- I think you need the as. <laughs> they both sound wrong to me now. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say do the face? I said we've ruined the phrase. <laughs> But we've ruined the yeah. phrase. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's understand where we're going, where she's going. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> this is what I'm saying is that I believe that it destroys relationships. You might still have that relationship. That does not mean that it will be flourishing. That does not mean it'll be healthy. It does not mean it will be whole or healed. And I know from very, very personal experience that this is true. So I want I want you to pause before you keep going. Because you clarified that we're not talking about being afraid of, I want you to say what it is that we are talking about. When you talk about being in fear and intimidation, because intimidation Mm -hmm. sounds terrible, like being afraid, but I know that's not what you mean. Mm -hmm. So share where we're going with this. So let's just say, and this is not true, but let's just say that I can't approach Melissa and ever tell her when she hurts my feelings. Mm -hmm. 
it goes the other way, but not, you know, she can tell me, but I can't tell her. I can't quote, quote unquote, can't. Mm -hmm. I choose not to because I believe that she will not be like my friend anymore, right? It's like, okay, so I'll just save the relationship by not telling her how I feel. Of course, like I said, that does not happen. But, or intimidation, like I won't ask a friend to help me, but I'm happy to help them. But it's because I feel like they will make me feel stupid, right? Like I'm just intimidated by that situation. These are not big fears. They are tiny little fears that just seep in and take over. So like maybe if you're afraid on the regular that your husband's going to leave you or cheat on you, there's no no reason, but that lives in you. Or if you're afraid you're going to be abandoned by friends. Because maybe some of them are logical mm-hmm. and some are not, mm-hmm. right? Like some of them would come from experience. Like let's say the I can't ask my friend mm-hmm. because she makes me feel stupid. That would probably be from experience. Mm-hmm. But if I'm like afraid my husband's going to leave me all the time and he's giving me absolutely no reason, but then I'm clingy and needy and suspicious and jealous, well, that is a right. non-logical mm-hmm. one. No, understandably husbands, spouses leave their spouses. But it's not logical. It's not a logical fear in my marriage Mm -hmm. because they don't have any reason to feel that Mm -hmm. way. And so, yeah, so I'm talking about all of these and how they creep into our lives and they really determine our decisions, our thought processes, our thought processes, (laughs) processes. (laughs) How do you say that? I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't prepared to like grammar correct. I don't know why I ask you. Of course you don't know. <laughs> I actually really do like proper speaking and English and like writing and things, but not on the spot, not on the fly. The <laughs> <laughs> processes did go through my mind before you said it. So I don't know that that's right, but. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I don't... So, <laughs> so our thought processes <laughs> are affected. <laughs> We're so stupid today. <laughs> Yep. We're like extra stupid. We are. High five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, okay. They're all affected by when we allow these kinds of fears to creep in. Mm-hmm. So I can and will give some examples, but I want to start with like, what's the problem? Yes. <laughs> like, what is the problem with having this fear and allowing it to enter in and, and exist and thrive and in dictate, relationships? Yeah. What did you say? And dictate. Like dictate. Oh, dictate. Reactions in our – And that is one of the problems is it does Mm -hmm. dictate. And now we're not making good and faithful and – Rash decisions. Holy Mm Spirit-based rash Mm -hmm. decisions. We are allowing something ridiculous to dictate. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the problem with fear in general is the Bible says literally 365 (laughs) times, do not fear. Once for every day of the year. Do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And there's an extra one on leap year. Yeah. So – Oh, wait. No. You we're just short one on pull year. one out from the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, because on leap year, there's 366. Yes. Yeah, I was yeah, like, okay. wait, is there only 364 days in a year? No. I know. I'm like I said. Extra stupid. stupid. So <laughs> obviously, this is important to God, that fear is not something that we entertain allow. and live with mm-hmm. and allow, yeah, to just take up residence mm-hmm. in our lives. Clearly, we are not going to say 365 verses right now. But I will pull out a few because it is helpful, you know, to have some. So Isaiah 41, 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm-hmm. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from my fears. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that verse. Second Timothy. Yeah, I'll say that one. Second Timothy says. Oh, she's got the notes today, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
For God gave us spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I think that one's super powerful. Not of fear. Mm -hmm. And John 14 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be (laughs) – My reading glasses on. I shouldn't have offered to read because I'm struggling to focus on words. (laughs) So John 14 is really beautiful and you should go read it. Should I say it? (laughs) Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Peace, by the way, is the opposite of Mm -hmm. fear, right? Mm -hmm. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. And that is Jesus saying, I don't want you to be afraid. Mm -hmm. I choose peace. I bring peace. What were you going to say? Well, my birthday is in sometime soon and I'm going to be 46. (laughs) And apparently in your mid-40s, your eyes go from – like my son was like, you've always had bad eyes because I have terrible eyes. Like I have terrible True. eyesight. But my contacts or glasses make it fine. And now they've gone into overdrive of bad. And now I can't even read without extra glasses on top of my glasses and contacts. And so I'm like, I can't focus. I don't know what I'm looking at. They've gone into overdrive. Oh my gosh. That's so you know, funny. In high school or middle school, they have kids like put on goggles to like imitate being drunk like so they can feel. Yeah. That's what my eyes feel like almost all the time when I read drunk eyes. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's terrible. So, where I mean, where there is fear, there is not faith. And there's not peace. Mm-hmm. And there is no peace, mm-hmm. and these are things that we are called to pursue. We are called to receive. Well, they're literally why Jesus came and died for us, so that we could have freedom and peace and yeah, no fear. Ex- and mm-hmm. fa- yeah, exactly. So, relationships cannot flourish like <laughs> under the suspicion of fear. So I'm going to share what I mean about this. So some time ago, my son, my oldest son and his fiance at the time had had a baby unexpectedly and ended up moving into our basement. We had like an apartment and um, they lived there and it was, you know, a really, really bad time in his life. Mm -hmm. He was really struggling and so my laundry room was down there and they were supposed to go to work during the day and I was supposed to have free reign to do my laundry. And I just was like, I just won't do it in the evenings or really on the weekends. Like I was like, I can be considerate of that. Well, he ended up losing his job. And because it was such a bad season in his life, he just sat on the couch for a couple Mm -hmm. months. Uh, He's not proud of that season by any means. And he doesn't listen, but even if he did, I don't think I'm saying anything he would mind because he would be like, oh yeah, Yeah. it was (laughs) terrible that time. Like, And he would just play video games all day and I would go down there and the middle of the day and he seemed so annoyed at me every time. Like he either barely acknowledged me or acted annoyed at me. And one time I actually heard him go, hey. And I was like, oh, and realized he was on the phone. <laughs> like I had not really heard him be kind mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. He wasn't mean to me. He just wasn't like kind mm-hmm. or loving. And I started feeling like a prisoner in my own home and I hated going down and doing laundry and I, I started affecting my relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And the problem really wasn't him. Don't get me wrong. It would have been ideal if he had just been kind, easier <laughs> yeah. in that season. Yeah. The problem was that I allowed fear and intimidation of his – Really? I mean, I wasn't afraid his of His lack of reaction his, or his – a reaction to Yes, you. like mm-hmm. he hates me, mm-hmm. like, you know, he wishes I didn't live here in my own house, mm-hmm. you know, all these things drive me and it was ruining my relationship with him and then it was like hurting my relationship with my daughter-in-law mm-hmm. to be and it was causing me angst and Joey angst 
And my our aunt, Liz, just really encouraged me every single time you need to go downstairs, you stop and you pray away the spirit of intimidation mm-hmm. because it's like Satan has just allowed this spirit to just like thrive in your basement. And it felt very dark and depressive when I went down there. Don't get me wrong. It was basement. So it was literally dark. But there was just this heaviness in the basement. And I feel like Satan was just like mm-hmm. living his best life there. And of course, he would want my relationship with my son to be ruined. Right. Why wouldn't he? Right. And my son now, I mean, seven years later, or yeah, seven years later, I mean, goes to church, is in a life mm-hmm. group, like goes to men's things, like talks to me about things in the Bible mm-hmm. and like, it's amazing. Yeah. And like, if we had ruined our relationship, I don't believe that those things would be happening now, not because I am responsible for his faith, but because it has been through our relationship that God has brought him back to right. him. And so... um she was just like, you have to pray that away and pray in things like courage and connection and grace and compassion and understanding. And I just didn't want to have a hard conversation mm-hmm. with him and say, it hurts my feelings. Like, could you just be nice to me? Like, I let you live here. Could you – like, I've given you a third mm-hmm. of my house. Could you please just be nice to me? And I I just didn't even, like, have the courage to have that conversation and eventually we did. And he was like, I just feel so depressed. Like, I'm not mad at mm-hmm. you. And I was like, but you seem really mad mm-hmm. at me. And he's like, why would I be mad at you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the problem with assuming and living under this like suspicion or, you know, a fear or intimidation is <laughs> so crazy telling someone- I have a child in the room who is like wants to like get water, but everything that they do in the kitchen, we can hear. Oh, it's super loud. So I'm going to just mute quick and yell at him. And I'll just (laughs) keep keep sharing. So, And so everything was so much better when I was willing to like open up and have this difficult conversation. And then one time, Melissa, I I shared with her that she has this face when she's confused. I think we talked about this on this podcast. And Melissa's confused face looks like, I hate you, you idiot. (laughs) I unmuted so that my child could get water. And I am laughing really hard behind the mute. (laughs) She has no control over what her face <laughs> looks like. She can't help it. But I, I was hard, like, but I don't even know what it yeah. is. <laughs> well, and it was like the reason it came up was because she was struggling with one of her kids and and I was like, I see that this face is the a big part of the problem. <laughs> and I was like, I'm well, just going to change you your face. <laughs> I know. She was like, I can't change my face. I was like, I know, I know. But like you can at least acknowledge, hey, like she'll say that. Like if I look confused I'm or if I look mad, I'm sorry, I'm just confused mm-hmm. or I'm processing or whatever, it makes a big difference. But I had to be willing to have that conversation mm-hmm. with her. Otherwise, I would have always struggled mentally with like, is she mad at me? Does she think I'm stupid? And then and then that builds up. And, well, and, and lies build on top of it because now you have this right. baseline of something that isn't even real because never once was I right. thinking anything about her being stupid. I apparently – Except the times I really am being but stupid. But I'm just like you just being stupid. <laughs> yeah, you just use your words. Yeah. I don't give you faces. <laughs> I'm way more aggressive than – I'm not passive aggressive. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens when – yeah, when we assume something, when we assume someone's yeah. thinking or feeling something that is negative or, you know, uh, in, in any way not – helping us with our thought process, we're going to build lies on top of that. We're going to allow other things to build on it that aren't even necessarily real. And now we have this whole narrative in our head about how someone feels about us or what our relationship is like when 
really based on assumption. And that's what you were assuming right. mm-hmm. that Randy was mad at mm-hmm. you. You were instead of right. take letting, you know, because the fear was not in the way you would have said, what is going on? You do not seem okay. You seem right. And, and he could have been like, like he said, I'm just so depressed. I can't even mm-hmm. come up with a smile. It has because you, so you took something on that had nothing to do with you and it became mm-hmm. very real. And literally, like right. you said, could have changed the rest of your relationship with him. And Mm-hmm. Right, right, absolutely. And that's literally our last point is assumptions will let fear thrive. Mm-hmm. So it's like assumptions are, I mean, what do they say? Assuming is making an ass out of you and mm-hmm. me. It's true. Yeah. It's not just it doesn't just hurt us, it hurts the uh, it hurts the whole relationship yeah. dynamic. Yeah. And I like just have learned so much to be like, can I just ask a clarifying question? Yeah. Like let's say you say something that feels hurtful mm-hmm. to me or vice versa. This mm-hmm. literally happened just a couple weeks ago. You're like, do you really mean it exactly <laughs> how you said that? Because if so, that's really hurtful. And I was like, well, no. It was so ridiculous. I was like, yes, I mean it exactly like that, but not in reality. Really only truthful. In my, yeah. Only in my feelings. <laughs> She's like, okay, well, your feelings are stupid, so I'll let it go. But like, if you actually believe that's true, I'm like, no, no, no. And it's like, Versus if she like didn't ask that clarifying yeah. question, she could have just internalized it and like there's now this changed, wedge between It would have started to change our relationship because everything she said yes. that had anything to even remotely do with that one statement that yeah. I internalized as real, I mm-hmm. would have started building this whole other narrative in my head about who well, you see it all through that filter. Mm-hmm. It's all yeah, exactly. And I and it would have if yeah, if yeah. And it would have changed everything. Whereas this way, I didn't like it. I didn't like what she said. But when she was like, no, I don't really mean it. I feel that way. So it feels true. But I know it's not true. I'm like, well, I get that. Right. I can totally uh-huh. understand how that happens. But also- Well, and then that's where grace comes <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> it's like fear is out and grace mm-hmm. is in. Yeah. And compassion and understanding and empathy and all of that. And for the and- record, I need you guys to know if you're listening and being like, well, good for you that you guys can speak that clearly with each other. This did not come naturally. We right. went through years of not being able to- to speak this frankly with each other. It did mm-hmm. destroy our relationship. If you have not mm-hmm. been listening to our whole podcast, if you don't know, Rachel and I went through a, a little, a year to a year and a half where we barely talked because we had mm-hmm. all of this baggage that exploded in our face. And we had to really kind of reset both of us with God and 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 start to rebuild. And it had to be so intentional. And one of the things we said to each other as we started to rebuild is we have to be able to say in the moment, when you say or do or look like that, that hurts me. Mm-hmm. I need to clarify if you meant that. So that was an agreement right. that we came to, but that was not just we weren't just born with that ability to be so amazing nope. with each other. Like we no. tooth and nail. And and really it would have been very easy for us to have just ended our relationship. I don't mean yeah. easy, like it would have almost been easier to have ended our relationship than to right. keep fighting for it. So so yep, if, if you're thinking, well, good for you guys, I don't have that know that this has been fought for. And also if you're in that place, fight for it. Like it is, if it is somebody you know is worth, like you know that they're not, they're not hurting you, not they're, they're not abusing you. You just somehow have gotten your wires crossed and things aren't running smoothly. Fight for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad that you clarified that because it would be easy to be like, well, how great for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it is great for us. It is now. <laughs> now, yes. Well, and I will say like, you know, I have a similar relationship with one of my sisters-in-law where like we let things build up, we let things build up and we, it all came to a head and, um, and we agreed we would bring things to one another. Mm -hmm. And for the most part in the last, I mean, gosh, I remember her bringing something to me when I found out I was pregnant with Elon and that was like, I mean, he just turned six, so almost seven Mm -hmm. years ago. 
Uh, and it went very well, right? So we started, I mean, probably in the last eight years, mm-hmm. we started doing that. Well, in the last six months, we had a situation where it kind of blew up and it got bigger than it needed to be and it didn't need to be mm-hmm. like that at all. And um, and so just because we've gotten it, learned to get it right, mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's perfect, no. but we kept fighting through it. Yeah. Like we were like, okay, what's happening here? Because we've done so well. Right. Like, and and we got through yeah. it. We, we had the uncomfortable mm-hmm. conversations. We said the things that were like, I don't. I, I feel like you're not listening to me or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and moved forward. Because otherwise, if we had not moved past that, I would be right where I was easily with history mm-hmm. eight years right. ago where it's like, oh, and then there's the – she always does this and she never yeah. – you know, this. And it's yeah. like, that's not healthy. No. That's not healthy at all. We've already talked about that. I use those terms all the time and they're terrible. <laughs> always, always use those terms and I should never, never use those terms. <laughs> that's, what, that's what dad said. He goes, I was laughing so hard because you said I – Something like I always <laughs> use the term always or I never – like basically I threw them together and he was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, well, I am working on it. <laughs> I correct myself a lot. Yeah. Mostly when I'm like, oh my gosh, that's not even yeah. fair. Right. But I still am trying to correct myself even when it is fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when you say to your teenager, you never take out the garbage without being told three times and you're that like, that is, true. is a verifiable <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> No, it's not. I actually do believe that sometimes he does take it out, but it's like 1% of the time. So anyways, um, yeah. So this fear, you know, recently I had, um, in the last two years, I had a very, very, very close relationship with me that I basically let die or was totally willing to let it go because, um, well, there was obviously a million factors into it and certainly it was Mm two-sided and this other person would very much agree Mm -hmm. with that. But what I realized is that my main issue in the relationship was fear mm-hmm. because I started feeling like this person was pushing me away mm-hmm. or pulling away and did like didn't want to be my friend anymore. And instead of me handling things in general like I or like I generally do, it's like I I fear drove me crazy mm-hmm. and I like became a different version of myself. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think mom would be okay with me saying like when she found out we were moving here, she wasn't her true self to me right. in our relationship for a long yeah. time. She, you know, she was like this one person with everyone. And then for a couple of years, she was like, she was so afraid of what it was going to mean. I mean, she was afraid yeah. it was going to mean for you to move across the country. And mm-hmm. exactly. And it's like, that's not who she mm-hmm. is. And I'm like looking at things in the last year and a half in this relationship going, okay, how I responded there or handled that, like, or even the assumptions I made, literally all these things Mm -hmm. that we're talking about, I did them Mm -hmm. all wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as a result, I really feel like that was my biggest thing in the relationship was like, why would you even want to be in a relationship with someone who's kind of became a different person, even though I'm like, was myself to everyone else. And then also kind of was pushing the person away well, by having my own because fears, when we all these fears. respond to things, that if we assume something and we're afraid of something and we respond to it out of that without having conversation, we become irrational. And it is exactly. really hard to have any kind of relationship with someone who lives in irrationality. Like how yes. do you say anything? Everything you say is wrong. Everything you do is wrong because they're responding to you out of this irrational lens of fear, of rejection, fear, right. of failure, fear mm-hmm. of losing you, fear of whatever it is that they're afraid of. And yeah, I mean, it, it true. And it's all, it literally can all be in our head. Like that's what's so. Uh, that's the worst yes, part. Exactly. <laughs> and that is why it, it is so much better to have the conversation of some, with somebody like 
I have I have a friend who will has we've gone through this a few times where we assume she assumes things about me, about my reactions, about my faces, about whatever. And mm-hmm. um and instead of um just asking me about it, it will sit yeah. in her for months, weeks, years sometimes yeah. even. And then it comes out and I'm like, what? No, that was not even at all what I was thinking or feeling or anything. Right. But because she didn't talk to me, now she's getting better at it. She's learned. I, I have said to her, you mm-hmm. have got to say it right away. Like, please don't be afraid to say it right away. Like, even if I don't respond perfectly, because I am a human being who doesn't always respond perfectly, mm-hmm. it's going to be so much better for us long term. Because right. even if we fight in that moment, at least the fight will get over and we can move on without all right. these assumptions and things, reactions, right. ir- irrationalities building up in your head. So, right. Yeah. Oh, Rachel's got a cough. As I stop talking, she's got a coffee. <laughs> You've got kids making noise. <laughs> so our last point is fear pushes others away. And I really want to talk about this specifically to parents. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is if you have not gotten to that season of having teenagers or adult children, uh, this is where I learned real quick when I started having when I started adopting teenagers and then they became adult children, I learned really quick how absolutely devastating a relationship is or it is to a relationship when we allow fear to rule Mm -hmm. it will push people away and um so if you are like in that season of having a teenager and hey they don't always want to hang out with you or they're annoyed at you (laughs) or you know it's like they act annoyed every time you Mm -hmm. ask for a hug or whatever if that's happening and you just become more and more needy 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 you're pushing them away and this is what's Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was happening with Joey and our daughter Ada. Like, mm-hmm. she needs hugs from me all the time, and she always wants my comfort and support. But I like almost never like reach out for it. You let her come or to you. I ask, like, yeah, I let her come to me. I'm like, or do you want me to lay on your bed? Do you want me to give you a hug? You know. Whereas, like, he was like, well, where did my little girl go? And he was like invading mm-hmm. her space and her life and her boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, kind of hated him for yeah. a while. And he's like, it hates me. And I'm like, well, first of all, I would as well <laughs> <laughs> if you were treating me. <laughs> Like, please don't ever do that to me. But also, I was like, honey, this is the phase. Yeah. Like, she doesn't need to. She is going to remember at some point that you hang the moon, that you are literally the best dad. She could never have mm-hmm. asked for a better dad. But you got to give her space. And if you allow fear mm-hmm. of her getting well, to enter in, it's going to take so much longer to get back and to that. And literally created teenagers to start to pull away from us. They have to do that in right. order to get up the ability and the bravery and the courage to leave us because that is what they're supposed to do. Right. And and to take authority and ownership over their own adult yeah, like, it, life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because if we literally parent them up and like literally parent them like they're toddlers until they leave the house, how are they ever going to make it on their own? So it's so natural. Right. And we take it pers- – it can be easy as parents to take it right. personally, but it's not about us and it is so normal. Right. And I'm not saying it doesn't hurt even if you know it's normal and right. you know – like I have – four teenagers right now. Like I am very aware of all of the withdrawing and the pulling away. And, and, mm-hmm. and to this is why I stay up late a lot at night guys, because if I sit in my living room past 10 30 or 11, somebody or somebody's are going to come and sit and talk to me. Somebody, mm-hmm. sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two or three, or they'll just come and hang out in front of me. And like suddenly they're happy and cheerful instead of acting like I annoy them. Yeah. And, and it is painful that I don't mm-hmm. hardly get anything from them. But it's not about me. And it, yeah, you're right. I pushed in on them because I was afraid of them pulling away. Mm-hmm. They would never talk to me. I mean, it's you, true. Well, and what is the deal with teenagers and being like, it's 11 p.m. Now I'm awake. Be and cheerful and we'll <laughs> talk. Like newborns. <laughs> what did you say? At 11 o'clock, they're like, now I'm happy and cheerful and want to talk to you. 
Right. Brighton's always coming in my room. I'm like asleep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, ma. Yeah. Hey, want to hang out, ma? And he like lays on my bed and he gets like in my space. Yeah. He'd be so mad if he ever heard this. I mean, but by the time he ever will, he won't care no, about that. because he'll never <laughs> listen to this <laughs> until he's a probably. <laughs> but like literally he's just like, hey, ma, yeah. what are you doing? Hey, ma. Yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, sorry, you are not the same person. I know. That was – I don't know if Ada will ever go through that because the girlfriend needs to be asleep by 8.30. No, She's she won't so ever. <laughs> She's yeah. also not a morning person, so <laughs> – Nope. And she's also really not an afternoon person. (laughs) She just needs sleep all the time. (laughs) Poor girl. I'm like, I just need to re-examine the medical part. Is there a medical reason? She's she's like, mom, I'm too tired all the time. Okay. So you guys, my oldest son Tate became, I mean, he was six foot in probably in ninth grade. I mean, he was very tall. He became a giant by like four. Yeah. And he slept all the time. And since he has stopped growing, he does not need the same amount of sleep. And Ada is the same way. Yeah. She is very tall mm-hmm. and she has yeah. grown very fa- – I mean, what is she, 12? And she's like as tall as you. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. tall for a girl at that age. Yeah. And um, and so I think that once she stops growing, she won't need, be so tired anymore. Yeah. That's what I am just hoping over- for. So. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so we were talking about teenagers, <laughs> but like if you have adult children mm-hmm. or even grandchildren, yeah. like I mean, if you have grandchildren, you probably have adult children too, but both of these would work. Like if your grandchildren – sense that like like let's say they snub you one day or whatever and they sense that like oh grandma's mad mm-hmm. because it's like it's not going to pull them in right just give them their space right. be like well i'm here when you're ready yeah. and like your adult children if you're afraid that they're going to like ruin their life with their decisions mm-hmm. and you put, put this into them, the relationship yeah. what do you like say? you put that fear of what they're doing with their life on them yeah it's gonna ruin their yeah it's not going mm-hmm. to help them and it's not going to help your no. relationship like at mm-hmm. all and so that's, I mean, the fear and intimidation and like, it's all. And assumptions, yes. So, right. yeah, detrimental. Yeah, so, and I is. think that's why the Bible talks about it so much. Mm-hmm. Is Agreed. It's so, yeah. So our challenge today is where are you letting fear in your relationships? Mm-hmm. Um, like, where are you letting them into them? Where are you letting them thrive? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm hoping that whether you thought you had fear in relationships or not coming into this podcast that you – I use an example or Melissa used an example that you were like, oh, oh, I do that. And I hope that you will take that to God Mm -hmm. and examine it and Mm -hmm. look up the Bible verses and start meditating on them and just take an action step to move away from that in, you know, one or all of your relationships. So, yeah. So, yeah. It brings a lot of freedom. A lot of freedom mm-hmm. when you can let go yeah. of that because you guys aren't going to agree as your kids are getting old, especially from a parent to a child perspective. Um, you're not going to agree with a lot of the things your kids do, and it it may be for the rest oh, of their life, yeah. like depending on what path they live on. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Rachel talks about she's very honest about the ways that she wasn't great with her kids, but what she hasn't said is that God got a hold of her and was like, "Knock it off, you're going to lose them." And she has. She really, I mean, mm-hmm. she has some kids who don't make great decisions, and she just loves them so well, and she lets. Right. They can call her when they're drunk. They can call her when they're high, and she just loves on them. And she doesn't they call me from jail. Yep, they call her from jail, and she doesn't say, "Well, you did it again." See, I told you, I'm nothing like that. Right. It is always, of course, her heart grieves. That's not how she wants them to live. Mm-hmm. But she is approachable. She is reachable. She is, and when they call her in this in the state, she just loves them really well, and never ever says, "I told you so," like ever, because Thank they you. would never call her again. And Right. Um, and so take it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, she literally, when she's saying, don't be careful how you talk to your adult children, mm-hmm. she's speaking from experience. And, and yep. I, I've seen, well, I've watched I, it change. 
I want to share, speaking of that, we were going to wrap up, but I do want to share. So my daughter, Amber, that, you know, just got married, um, her and her fiance, Willie, um, have been together like six or seven years. So when we met Willie, he was, Amber didn't tell us what he did, like on purpose. It was like, she didn't not, she didn't lie. She just didn't tell us. What his occupation was. Yeah. Yeah. And then like when we found out, she was like, well, he's a hash grower. Like he grows weed like in Oregon. And mm-hmm. this was like seven years ago and it was legal there, but like very mm-hmm. few places. I don't think it was legal like anywhere else. And, you know, she was kind of like, I don't know how you feel about that. And it's like, well, is that who you want your daughter to date? Like, <laughs> is that what you want him to do? Like, no. I mean, really, I mean, most people would say, no, I would prefer that <laughs> not to be his job. Yeah. <laughs> But what were we going to do? Be like, uh, you and I break up with him or like – I mean, of course not. Like we just loved him and accepted Mm -hmm. him. And recently – I mean, he doesn't do that anymore. He's got like a really upstanding business Mm -hmm. that doesn't have anything to do with marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, and they're just – they have like – they make such great decisions Mm -hmm. and we're just so proud of them. But I just think back and how different our relationship would be if it had started very tumultuous with us being afraid. Of her dating someone in that position. And recently she was like, oh, mom, we've started like growing again and I can't wait to show you what we're growing. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. I guess they're back to yeah. growing weed. And she sends me a video and it's Vegetables. like tomatoes <laughs> and lettuce. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, she's so grown yeah. up. And I'm like, I, Willie just never felt even then, you know, Amber was like, well, I don't want to tell grandma what he does. You know, she didn't want to tell aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just if they ask, just yeah. tell him. I mean, it's like they're not – these people should not and will not like turn their back no. on you because I'm of not, what I don't think does. any of us said anything other than – I mean, it's probably a really lucrative business. Good for you. <laughs> I think that's what everybody said. Oh, you probably make a lot of money. Right. <laughs> and And it's like – and I just – now we just have the best relationship mm-hmm. – and it came from, I mean, with Willie, our son-in-law, and it came from, well, we not can't fear decide what he, your re- interaction not let, with him. It, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Not letting that fear. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, we are definitely like wrap using up, up yes. all our time here. So, Thanks for sticking with us. like, you know what? It's a great example. So uh, if you haven't rated us, please do. I saw we have a bunch of ratings now on Spotify Yay. because we only had them on op- Apple Podcasts. So thank you guys. And- Thank you for giving us five stars and please keep doing it. If you haven't done it, please, uh, we would take ratings on both of them. Yes. So Thank you. We hope you have a great week. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. You might feel that your life is a mess, but don't feel bad. Ours is too, but we own a microphone and we have no shame. That's why we'll talk about how our life is a mess nonetheless. of our podcast.